we grew up in the environment where we were argued and we fought and hit the whole nine for years, years. And I was clear. It was just like, it was his fault. You did it. <laughs> what I discovered was that it wasn't that I felt better about forgiving him. But what I really got present to was as long as I continue to keep that poison, and I love how you created that, not only would I diminish from myself, which was important, but I I would diminish any possibility of having an actual loving and caring um, and meaningful relationship with my dad. It's half the reason I'm here. one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Today, I have the honor of introducing the world to my friend, Kyle Fuller, who I met in a mindfulness class, and I can't wait to get into how we met and just the magic that came from it inspiring me to sit down and create a short film that became a music video and a song that won an award for social justice uh, in the California Music Video Awards uh, Film Festival. I'm so excited to present that to you. And if you get my newsletter, you have a direct link to the music video, or you can go on YouTube and just search up You Are Gold Barbara Heller. Make sure you put in all of that because there's a million videos under You Are Gold. But You Are Gold, Barbara Heller music video, and you will see that the beginning of the music video is a short film that was inspired by a conversation I had with a total stranger at one point named Kyle Fuller, and after we had that conversation, my life was totally changed, and apparently so was his, so you'll hear all about that today. Uh, Sometimes I have people on who are famous authors, innovators, uh, scientists, business people, and today it's very exciting to just have a stranger who became a dear friend. And I hope that inspires you to not take any conversations for granted, that any person that we meet on the street, in a class, uh, on the sidewalk, in a grocery store, at the gas station, could wind up saving your life, helping you create something new in your life, becoming a friend, or maybe you could even help and save them from something or inspire them to create a short film that wins an award in a, in a big film festival. Who knows? Uh, I'm also here to tell you a little bit about a new course that I'm doing. Um, There is a fantastic free meditate and create course that I'm going to be doing on Facebook this week. So if you're joining me the week of August 14th, you can join us on Facebook every day uh, for about an hour. We'll be doing a live session of meditate and create with me. And then uh, at the end of August, early September, I'm going to be doing an eight week course called Making Space for the Magical. Check it out on my website, barbheller.com. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Today, I am blessed to have Kyle Fuller on. For those of you who've seen my music video, You Are Gold, starts out with a man uh, getting pulled over by a police officer. And there's some words that they have in it in exchange. And that line that he says, and that the police officer says is exactly what transpired between uh, Kyle and I in a mindfulness class. And we're, we're going to talk about that in depth, but we met through a mindfulness class and uh, we've been friends ever since. And I'm just so happy to have you. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to be here. I mean, from that moment, uh, that that we had that experience. It's it's been a, a wonderful connection, and yes. I'm really glad to be here. I have like all kinds of people on my podcast. I have authors and speakers and writers and and adventurers and artists, business people and entrepreneurs. And sometimes I have people on just because of who they are in my life, and they happen to be all of those things or some of those things. But with you, I've been meaning to have you on because that moment that we met. Um, is kind of like why I created my podcast. You know, uh, there's a bunch of reasons and, and I'll often say, oh, that's why I created my podcast. <laughs> but it's all related. And um, I want to just take all of our listeners back to that moment. So is, is it okay if we like do a little role playing and go back to that exact moment? Yeah, we, we can. I, I wouldn't be able to do like verbatim, but we could be in the, we could definitely be in the moment. <laughs> We're going to be in the moment. We actually haven't talked to each other on Zoom or anything besides texting in a long time. So this is like, so it's 2019. 
it's cold out. I think it was like the later part of the winter, I want to say. Yeah. And um, we have a mutual friend, right? Daniel Copsey? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so she gets all the credit. She was working for uh, another gentleman. Um, and, and, and we all met through this thing called Landmark, which um, some of you I'm sure have heard of it. It's like this how would you describe it? I guess it's like a workshop or a place where people go to like do self-help stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like therapy and coaching in one. Um, I met a ton of friends from there. I no longer actually am associated with them. Like I don't go to their classes or anything um, because I had a really weird experience at the end, which sometimes that happens wherever you go, but I learned so much from it. I got so much out of the programs um, while I was in it. And the things that I walked away with, like in my swag bag, it's all relationships. Like, uh, first of all, I was able to really forgive my dad, like in this really big way through one of the exercises, you know, when you have to call someone, you call someone on the phone and you say the following thing, hello, I love you. You did your job. That's all you have to say. You're not allowed to say anything else and they get to talk and you just, you just, you're with them. And I remember on that phone call, my dad, I remember it so clearly. I was in a closet, you know, like in the hallway or something. I wanted to quietly do it. And my dad was crying audibly on the phone. And um, he doesn't cry that often. He's a crier, but not that often with me. And he said, I've been waiting for 20 years for this phone call. And we've talked a lot throughout the 20 years, but he said he could feel on the phone, the forgiveness. It was so palpable. So that was the first thing. And then also like you and my friend, Lindsay and my friend, Addie, um, there's friendships from that group of people that I took all these workshops with that I will never forget. And so this is one of those outgrowths. So it's 2019. We all, we all get invited by Danielle. Um, she is working at this mindfulness place. It's, it's literally like a mindfulness store or like, instead of doing yoga, (laughs) do mindfulness classes. And, um, it's like this, what would you call it? Like, uh, it was like some kind of like dome inside of like a really cool space. And to this day, I've yet to come across anything like that. I know. Planetarium. Yes. Yes. Planetarium. Um, she says, you know, go into the room and we all sit down and it's like dark and there's stars above us even though we're inside and we're in New York city and it's quiet and it's like so cool. And the music starts to play. And then we stop meditating and she says, turn to the person on your left and you're my partner. This is so surreal. And I'm like, Oh, what a gorgeous guy. I'm so excited. He's probably not Jewish. This is my, my thought pattern, (laughs) but I'm going to be friends with him. I know it. He has such good energy. And you look at me and I look at you and she says, look into each other's eyes. And you remember what she asked us? Uh, not not exactly. You'd have to walk okay. me through it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So she said, you're going to say 10 statements and they're all going to start with I am. And you, the only thing you have to do is be truthful. Got it. So yeah. pick who's going to go first. And I looked at you and you, you said, okay. And at first, of course, you were like, no, you. And I, we couldn't talk yet. And I went, no, no. And you were like, okay, okay. And so you started out. And do you remember the first thing you said? Uh, I'm scared. Yeah. That was like, it was like all in my being too. Right. But it was like, it was right there for me in that moment. I've never had an opportunity to kind of be that way and express that with, uh, with somebody I didn't even know. Right. On top of that, to be able to share that with somebody, you know, with, with all that was going on there. So, yeah. So you say this and I immediately start to cry and you don't know me because we haven't spoken yet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this isn't just a friend. This is like a soul friend for the rest of my life. Because I, you are so special, Kyle. Like the conversation we had after that was over, when we all went out for ice cream, because we had, thank God we had some friends in common. And I, you weren't just like, okay, I was really vulnerable with you. Bye. You were like, cool, let's hang out. We'll be friends, you know? And I remember going to sit with you and I just, the level of vulnerability that you are able to share and how comfortable you are with yourself and the hope and the wonder that you exude. It's just, it's amazing. And I remember just being so moved by you. And I know that we're also like a reflection of each other. And so we attract yeah. people into our lives who we are like, and yeah. we are 
whatever we project, it's because we have it. So I feel so lucky that I can see all that in you. Cause I guess that means I also have that, those qualities, but, um, what was going through your, I've always wanted to ask you this, like what was going through your mind when you said those words? Whew. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 oh my gosh, it was, you know, what was there at first was, you know, the world of like, trying to look cool and, you know, be the suave, you know, Caribbean black guy in the space. I mean, being up front, you know, and all of that, as much as I wanted that to be the kind of armor that I was wearing, and I'm going to use those words specifically, it was just, you know, it was like in, in that moment, none of that mattered, right? It was just really what was all that was there. And uh, I'd say the, the source of that really was just I guess, thoughts that I've had about being around people without that armor, you know what I mean? And uh, especially of like different color of cultures, races and so forth. So that's really what came to mind. I was like, holy, like smokes, like I'm in a room with people here, which is not uncommon, right? Like we were around strangers all the time. It's New York city, <laughs> you, know, you know, but, uh, that was that, as I said, that was definitely one of those moments where, uh, probably the moment, you know, I don't think there are many that I've had after that where it could really just, you said that vulnerability, right. Just really just cough up what was there without the armor right. Of like having to be this kind of person instead of just showing up for whatever it is that was showing up. Amazing. So let's go a little deeper because that's what we do on this show. (laughs) All right, let's go. (laughs) What I have heard, um, and maybe I think I actually learned this in the advanced course. I'm getting this memory that came back from, from landmark and this is not a commercial for landmark. Again, I'm not really associated with them. I know you still go, but yeah, it's great programs. Great programs. It has great programs in it. I didn't love some of my, the people I dealt with at the end, but wonderful place. Lots of great people. I do not regret it at all. I was there for like a year and a half and I learned so much. I fully committed and I learned a lot about story and uh, so, so many good terms and tools to take with you for relationships. My favorite one. And another reason I brought it into this podcast is you should be able to have a conversation with anyone, anywhere at any time. Mm. I love that phrase. Th- that is so powerful. Imagine if everyone, no matter what political party you belong to, no matter what religion whatever you look like, you could be in a, in a relationship with anyone at any time, anywhere. I mean, there'd be no, right now there would not be bombs in Russia. I know. I know. Huge. Oh my gosh. That's like huge. So what I learned from someone in the events course, I don't think it was you. Um, It happened to be a, a black friend of mine. And he said, I am scared to walk down the street sometimes in certain neighborhoods because I am afraid that people will find me intimidating. And I remember in that moment, my heart just fell, you know, it's sort of like how I feel sometimes in certain communities. If I say, well, I'm Jewish, like I kind of wait for the silence. Like, you know, someone might, I, when I was little, I would hear, you know, probably once a year, Oh, you're going to hell, you know, like uh, <laughs> that's, you know, or, um, Oh, you guys are really cheap. You know, whatever the anti-Semitic comment was, I would hear it at least once. One, I mean, a lot of my family and friends have suffered a lot more anti-Semitism, but for me, that was like a normal thing at least once or twice a year I'd hear stuff like that. But to feel that fear of walking, just walking down the street, I mean, is, was that part of why you were scared also, or does that, did that have nothing to do with it? No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there is, uh, you know, it, it, it all, for me, definitely resonated, as you said, like based on what you'd hear growing up, right? Like in my household, you know, my parents were never openly like racist or anything like that. It wasn't like, Hey, we hate white people. Right. But there was always this notion to, um, that they would instill to, to get that word different, right? There's something that's a little bit different from us, from everyone else. And maybe they did it to protect, I'm not really too sure, but you, 
you'd carry that when you'd step outside. So, you know, you, as a kid, I never really paid attention to it. It was just friends with any and everybody who wanted to share their candy with me. Right. <laughs> um, but when you get older, you know, you'd start to notice certain things that would happen. Like I remember, you know, early encounters of being trailed at like the mall or in a store, you know, by security or, uh, police harassment, you know, walking home from school and, and just being pulled over and questioned and even put in vehicles because, you know, I fit the description of some, somebody that they're looking for, which I obviously had nothing to do with, but, you know, so that fed the stories. Right. <laughs> and then it kind of, were you thrown in a cop car? Uh, it's only happened twice, <laughs> but only. You know, I know, I know, only, I know. <laughs> I've only been traumatized. <laughs> twice. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, you know, they, I didn't like, you know, you didn't they could have worked. They could have, yeah, they're worse, you know, predicaments and I didn't resist or anything, but it was always a, you know, I think a question like, you know, why, why is this happening to me? Right. And then even worse, if you bring that home, I, I never told my parents uh, at the, I guess today I could tell them, but at the time I didn't think to tell them just cause you know, yeah, it was just cause it was like a shame, right. It was like an embarrassment. It was like, why, why is- would that be shameful? That makes no sense to me. I, I, w- I would think your parents would be like, we're, we're going to go downtown <laughs> and talk to those cops. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, for, for me, the way it landed was just more of a sense that like, I never wanted to, a burden or, or add like uh, any trouble to my parents, like bring trouble to my parents, you know, that was like the mind of a teenager, you know, you're thinking like, all right, the less they know, the better. We see how that played out. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But right. then, you know, even for, <laughs> e- even for those, uh, for those incidents, that's, that was the thought process at the time. Uh, but as I said today, I'd absolutely, oh my gosh, open book. I'll probably tell my mom after this interview, like, Hey, just have yeah. oh, <laughs> one. Lo- I would love to meet your mom. She <laughs> clearly has done an amazing job with you. Um, because I, I guess what, what we talked about that night, I actually had the idea for the the short film because this was first going to be a short film. And then I wound up writing the song yeah. a couple months later and the song kind of fit with <laughs> the the short films is crazy how it all came together. Um, but I remember thinking this is a project that I have to do this. And there was a rash of hate crimes in the city. I think we talked about that too, yeah, where yeah. there were um, black people hurting Jews, Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn because of this rumor slash, you know, it's, it's partially true that Jews do own real estate um, but they would just start like punching Orthodox people walking down the street um, because there's like this terrible rumor of like, well, the Jews own the real estate and they're making all the rent go up. And so we need to hurt them. And thank God it wasn't a lot of like knives and, and or killings, but there was like a lot of punching going on, like square in the face and people going to the hospital with injuries and, um, and then there was the the machete guy who had just been released from, from jail. And he took a machete out and went to a Hanukkah party um, of a very religious family in Muncie and wound up like slaying like 10 people. And one of them died in the hospital. Uh, many of them suffered injuries that, you know, are horrific and including like emotional turmoil for the entire party and everyone that was there. And he was welcomed. He was welcomed in. Um, and then took out a machete and just like started hurting people. And when that happened, like, you know, I think I told you that night, like I was offended because I see African-Americans, I should say Islander Americans. Cause like, you know, <laughs> it, we say that so blatantly, but yeah, it's okay. You know. <laughs> and, I, well, and I also have friends that are like, I'm black call me this. And then some people are like, don't call me that. I'm not a color. I'm a human being, you know, and I don't even, I like Brown, but because I don't know anyone that's fully, you know, whatever, but <laughs> I never know what to say. I don't, I don't look like this. Right? <laughs> exactly. You don't, you're gorgeous. Whatever you are, it's gorgeous. But, um, you know, regardless, like I consider, you know, your people with my people yeah. and vice versa. And if they come for us, they come for you. And if they come for you, they come for us. And, we need each other and we need to be united. And so that's why like most of my guests happen to be African-American. I think because I have such a propensity to want to unify so much. And when I saw that hate happening, it really hurt my heart 
more so than if, you know, a white supremacist hurt a Jew. It's, it, it just, it didn't make, it's like when a Jew, Jew on Jew crime, which yeah. happens also. So um, I decided to make this documentary. I went around the city and just started asking people, why do you think this is happening? And the most beautiful answers came out and it was an adorable thing. And then I, I wrote this song partially for that project, but then, you know, I said to you, can you imagine, I don't know if you remember this. I said, can you imagine if every single time a black man or woman was pulled over, the first thing the cop had to say was, I'm scared. Yeah. And the yeah. first thing the perpetrator had to say, you know, even if they were a, a, an actual, you know, assailant, like, I'm scared. The, I, I can't imagine that, I, I would imagine that the, the, the rate of actual death by shots and crime would decrease, you know? Like, yeah. they always have to say, uh, you have the right to remain silent. What if they... What if they had to say, I am scared and you have the right to say, I'm scared. Please say, I'm scared now. <laughs> name me one situation where someone isn't scared when they get pulled over. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't, you know, no, no, really, I couldn't. And, um, and it's funny you touched on, you know, just that kind of, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot going on and has been going on, right? This is not a new occurrence, but really when we look at what's taking place today, you mentioned, you know, between the bombings, between, you know, the attacks on all kinds of, you know, all kinds of, and it's clear, right? If there's any basis that's there, right? Fear. Mm. It's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, this, this is, that, that's how that's being played out as opposed to something that which you speak of where, where we can just admit, you know, amongst each other, just share openly amongst each other that, hey, like, hey, I am frightened, right? And then start to connect from there because we are, we're human beings, you know? You're my sister, period. Yeah. yeah. What do you wish everyone knew that they could live a life of freedom from? Like, what's something you, you practice every day that helps um, you live a life of more freedom? Uh my gosh uh i practice every day just you know dropping the 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 guilt like the self-punishment you Ooh. know yeah that's that's a that's a stand for me and you know it's never whatever you're going to experience is going to experience right but i i've i've discovered especially out of what i just came out of this week and revisiting that and like really getting present to that is that you know your breakdowns are going to happen like whatever it is that you're up to you're going to, especially if you're up to something bigger than you know yourself to be like breakdowns are a part of the process, but it's not the breakdowns that, that, that keep people there. It's the suffering, right? It's the suffering that we make it mean and all that other stuff and, and, and keeping ourselves there. And, and I've, oh my gosh, you know, what's about practice? <laughs> yes. Practice, yeah. How do you get that smile? You're like an Olympian smiler. Like if there was a gold medal, you'd get it. <laughs> Thank you. Light you. Up all of, all of Queens. <laughs> i appreciate it thank you uh even this practice right barbara there's so much things i love about you about who you are what, what you represent no clear yes yes um because it's always been that for you right like you always want to see people really for who they really are right versus like what facade you have to put on or this 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 clash and anger and and uh, turmoil between people, right? It's always been about connection with you. And I love that. Beautiful soul. You're a goal. It's, it's such creations. It's being into that. It's living into that. That allows me the opportunity to do this, right? Like I, I light up just hearing that. I light up listening. I light up just like having these kinds of exchanges. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. What, how are you going to make the biggest impact? What are your dreams? I want to know everything because <laughs> I'm going to keep following it. <laughs> um, absolutely. I, I'm clear. I want to, I want to help. It doesn't take anything other than just wanting to extend a hand, yeah. right? Like genuinely. It's yeah. It's a choice. Whether it's holding a bag, whether it's saying good morning, whether it's just offering a smile to someone. Just came back from Seattle and the flight there, there was an attendant who occurred to me as she, she was experiencing a mood or angry or something. And it kind of came over on us. And, you know, I just gave space for that. Right. And it was like, I could have taken that like Oh, here's a here's an example of that kind of like oh mistreatment, right? And it's like, hmm. l listen, people are dealing with all types of things, right? 
myself included, yourself included. And I, I just, yeah, I want to be, my practice is I want to be space for that, right? Not that it makes it right per se or, or the actions produced from it, but even just allowing the space for it. Yeah, my, my goal, uh, physical therapist. So that's what I'm pursuing. <laughs> but I hope you also take chances to speak in places and talk about the kind of impact that you've had on people like me. Um, clearly everyone that's watched the video, even though you, you, we couldn't get you out for it. I, I, know. <laughs> I still wanted you to, but Jason did an amazing job playing you. Um, my friend, Jason Banks is amazing. He's a wonderful actor and he really wants to be an actor. So you gave him that opportunity. So thank you. Um, but I, I could really see, you know, you picking up gentlemen such as yourself who may be walking around with this terrible, unnecessary guilt. And like you said, suffering, suffering is, I heard Wayne Dyer say such, I love listening to him, even though he, he's fast, but I, he is, there's so much of him on YouTube and I listen to him a lot. His voice is so soothing. Mm. And, you know, he, uh, he was born um, into an orphanage basically. And his mom had too many kids and she was like, huh? and uh, if anyone has a reason, had a reason to live a life of, you know, resentment, it was him. And he wound up becoming this incredible healer and speaker for so many people and best-selling author. And it was all about forgiveness. Really. If you drill down, his life was about forgiving his parents, his deadbeat dad and his mom for, you know, and he wound up having a wonderful relationship with his birth mom later in life. And he says that it's not the snake bite that kills us. It's the venom that courses through our veins, God forbid. And so um, what I've been learning from like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and, and neuroplasticity and quantum physics is that if someone says or does something to us that's harmful, we have the opportunity to see it as a teacher, learn from it, feel that pain, that initial pain, and then move on. Or we can keep injuring and re-injuring ourselves from, I deserved it. I was, you know, I made a mistake. I made a bad choice, blah, 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 blah you know, or yeah. I'm such a victim. They were so cruel to me. Yeah. That's all unnecessary suffering. There are always lessons in the pain, but that's, that's not optional. But if you don't learn from them and you just keep feeling and re-injuring the, the pain of it, yeah, that's, to me, that's suffering. And oh. you have mastered that. It's so obvious. So before we move on, <laughs> I want to just ask you, what was the biggest thing that you had to forgive in your life so far? You knew it was coming. <laughs> it was in the email. Uh, it was, it was, it was. I'll sh- all right, I'll share two. Biggest thing that I had to forgive initially, and I didn't think I could for this. This is something I got out of forum and got present to. Forgiving my dad. For a long time, a huge amount of anger and distrust. We grew up in the environment where we were, argued and fought and hit the whole nine for years, years. And that was clear. It was just like, it was his fault. You did it. <laughs> what I discovered was that it wasn't that I felt better about forgiving him. But what I really got present to was as long as I continue to keep that poison, and I love how you created that, not only would I diminish from myself, which was important, but I dim- I would diminish any possibility of having an actual loving and caring um, and meaningful relationship with my dad. It's half the reason I'm here. I, I did that. And it's been, I mean, our relationship has shifted. We, we talk, first off, we talk. <laughs> like, you know, I'm 30, 37 this year in December. So when I tell you I've had, you know, re- resentment to my mid, late 20s, that can paint a picture of how long that was. What I'd say recently, what I've uh, what I've taken on, which has been really, really difficult, and this one's like ongoing. Myself, you know, I've uh, I've I've done things that I wasn't proud of, and it, and produced results that I wasn't happy about. And uh, you know, I've moved on from there, and I've gotten that cleaned up with the individuals I, I you know that occurred with. But I've still been carrying this like theme in the background that you're not ready or like you don't deserve and and that I really got present to this weekend forgiveness it's again it's not so much a matter of like how you feel right that's important but it's more of just you know my word about it right and then stepping into that and saying like I I made a declaration to like not 
diminish myself anymore to myself and to others. So even if I don't feel that way in the moment, in the shower at night or, you know, or if I had like a result I didn't like, and it's like, oh, you know, all that shows up. But the practice of just being that versus my feelings and, you know, stepping into that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm not alone here. You guys, what do you think? My listeners, like I'm thinking he's just going to be a physical, not that just, you know, physical therapy is really important. My mom just broke her hand. So we went through a month of physical therapy and it saved her, saved her back and her hand. She fell. Um, it's so important. And even if you were just a physical therapist and a dad and a husband, you know, it, it would be an, it would be more than enough. It'd be plenty that you would make a mark in this world. And I'm going to challenge you as your friend and someone who really cares about the impact you make on this world, that there are people that need to hear you. And I know having you on this podcast is going to make a dent. And I also hope that, you know, you, you really find a way to write that and speak about it because you are a role model, whether you see it or not yet, for many, many young men like yourself who don't even know the words, can't even find the words, you know? And I don't even mean to your minority and, and your demographic. I mean, in the world, we put so much pressure on men to make a living and find their calling and be the provider even with feminism, right? And then we tell them, and now you have to be a woman too <laughs> and like feel things and say what you mean. And there's, we're, we're losing divine masculine. We're, we're, there's so much pressure. And I, I just see it all the time with these guys. Like I'm on the dating apps cause I'm single still. And, you know, I'm so looking for <laughs> a husband and yeah. it's like, I just see the laziness and it, and it comes from what you just said, like not being able to forgive themselves, having that background track that that's subconscious. Like I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm 55 and I'm so ready, whatever, however old they are. Yeah. Um, it amazes me. You can see it in their energy when they walk on, on the date. It's like, yeah. Oh, sorry. One second. You know, let me, let me just check my, I, I, it's my phone is really more important than you. Just one second. Just, and I'm, my mom's calling me and she's the only woman I really ever loved. And I, I'm really, uh, you know, she's the only person that really gets me. So just one second. And um, yeah, I got some, yeah, I got some porn to look at later because I don't really respect myself and I don't really get women at all. I'm really, you know, so, but anyway, um, and you're paying for this, right? Because I, you know, but that's, that's what's in their energy, even if it's just silence. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you're going to do something about that. I, I am. <laughs> you were like, that. I didn't realize I was getting a career coaching bar, but thank yeah. you. No, no. I mean, listen, with, uh, with, you're my circle. You're my ring. You're my corner. So yes. Well, even if I don't know how to or discuss step into that. Yeah, there's a reason, right? Well, we all, I know you believe in God. There, there's there's all kinds of God's angels all over the world. And they come in different forms. And sometimes they come through friends and acquaintances and old girlfriends and boyfriends. And So we have to just pay attention. That's all. Um, anything else you want to share with the world? Uh, the world. Uh, you know, smile more. Oh, smile, smile more. more. <laughs> mm. Really? It's... You know, it it makes a difference, believe it or not. It's, you know, whether you innately feel happy uh, to do it or not, just from doing that and like taking, like generally taking it on, right? Don't, don't do like a phony, you know, like really just, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, it lands, it lands well with others. And uh, the part that we don't put much attention on, in my opinion, I think, is we don't realize how much it resonates and improves like our own internal state, which is just a reflection, you know, it continues to project that out and we receive it. And so even just from that. Beautiful. Maybe I'll ask you one last question. Where did you learn unconditional love from? Because clearly you have a lot of it. Even if you felt that pain from your dad and there was some 
you know, domestic violence. I had some in my family too. There seems to be a lot of forgiveness. So how did you learn that? Like, who was the person that you learned that from? When I think of the people that have just made the world and space that I live in enjoyable or pleasant or just are always up for something, you know, I just think of the, I think of the women in my life. Um, my grandmother being one of them, my mom, I'd say growing up, it was probably them, right? Like mm-hmm. it was always this like blanket of like love, no matter what we were dealing with, right? We would like pop down poor and moving around and experiencing whatever we were experiencing. And it was always like, no matter what, like this blanket of love that grandma or my mom would, would kind of have. A lot I took for granted, of course, <laughs> as a kid, just from them being who they are, right? And who they knew themselves to be. They were able to create this, just, you know, show me what that looks like. Mm. And I just took that and I want to just give it to everyone. Yeah, I, I worry about the kids of today because I hear kids call their parents dude. You know, or by that's, their first name. Yeah, that's my niece. That's my 13-year-old niece. <laughs> like, I, which we, we have conversations about. What I mean is that there's such a, it feels like there's like a dearth of respect for parents today. And I know that because I'm a teacher and I've worked it with thousands of kids at this point. I've worked at over a hundred schools and camps and doing mindfulness and theater programs and creative writing and music. You know, I'm the fun teacher, like I, the, I'm the elective. But even with me, like they they were disrespectful. I love them anyway. And I send them love even when they're cruel. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not just that. It's more like they don't, there's no one at home saying you must respect your elders. Parents are settling for disrespect. So, you know, in our generation, if I can put myself in your category, I'm like eight years older than you, but there's a there's sort of a level of respect for your parents. Like you just don't go there because they're your parents. And I think also in like, you know, not in the religious Jewish communities, I can't say it's always secular, but I know that in the Islander communities, it's like, what'd you say to my parents? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you don't, you just have, you know, honor that mother and father. And I feel like that's such an important Judeo-Christian value that um, we need to hold on to. And when I see it diminishing, it, I really worry about society. I, I just heard that I'm really close with the crossing guards here. And I, I ride my bike in the morning, uh, like two miles and I see one on one end and one on the other. And, um, Kenny, he's, uh, from old Florida and he's like in his late eighties and he's adorable. And he was just saying that his brother was in the hospital for like six years. He was in a rehab and no one came to visit him. Oof. And he said, he said, I don't know if my, my, my grandchildren are going to visit me when I'm in the rehab, when I get older. I said, something must have been off with that guy, you know, for six years, not to have anyone come. And in Judaism, like, even if you're not getting along with somebody, you visit them when they're sick. Like <laughs> you visit the sick. It's, I mean, maybe not during COVID, but unfortunately, but it's a big deal. And they say when you visit someone who's sick, that you're taking one sixtieth of the disease away. Oh, really? Yeah, so if 60 people go to visit you, you're done. You're, you're done, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, that. I, I missed that when I was in New York um, on Shabbat. I would walk with like 40 Jews from my synagogue across the park, from Central Park West to Central Park East. And we'd go to um, that, that hospital that's on 100th. I don't remember the name of it. Um, oh, on the west, west side, right? Sinai or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was on the east side, on the east side of the park, but... Okay. Upper, upper East. And um, I really miss that. And I, I, that was only in 2020, like at the beginning of, you know, I was there from 2018 to 220. And I remember like after COVID, I was like, how did we do that? Like we were in the, there was probably COVID in the hospital. You know, they say it came in December, January. I was there and we didn't have masks on. We would just walk in and visit people. But they say, when you visit somebody, when they're sick and you're well, God protects the well because of the mitzvah of visiting the person. And I believe it because I walked into some pretty sick rooms. You know, people were yellow, jaundice, liver stuff. And um, I remember being like, I got to get out of here. Like you could smell the sick, you know, but I always felt like I did them such a, a kindness. And it, in turn, I was doing God's work 
right? Yeah. So anyway, I just think that's all related. Like there's a lot of kids that are so focused on what's my identity and what's my gender and what's this. And, and it's, it, it's gotta be perplexing. But I remember in our generation, even if someone was struggling with sexuality, like it didn't really come up until they were in their teens. And today it's like, you're five, who are you going to marry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I every- just wish they were more focused on visiting the sick. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, go ahead. What were you going <laughs> to No, no, it's fine. No, I mean, you, you touch on a lot of things here. The, 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 I'd say the dynamic has, has absolutely shifted in uh, between the generations. You know, I, I look at some proud uncle, two nieces, uh, 13 and uh, uh, one who just turned six, uh, two days ago on the first. Yeah. She's like the, she's <laughs> in your faith, uncle, uncle, you know, but um, I, I, you know, there absolutely is a concern, you know, about the world that they're growing up into. And, and, and also on my end as well, like I, I, you know, I don't want to be this old fashioned, you know, old school solely, you know, there's certain things I absolutely want them to, to be instilled with. And I'm also creating that as an opportunity to listen, you know, cause, cause, they're living a world that I don't, you know, that is different from the world that slightly, you know, there's similarities. We can eat same things and, you know, and see, you know, we see what's going on and have our own take on it, but absolutely like when they're my age, right. Like this is going to be a little, a little bit different. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I, I want to be in support of that and, and absolutely instill, those customs and traditions. So I'm glad to hear you visit the Saken family as you should. <laughs> like my personal opinion, it makes yeah. a difference. It makes, oh my gosh, it makes all the world of difference. I, I, I saw my cousin when I was out in Seattle, wherever I am, like if I got family there, I go visit half the times. They're like the reason I would go and visit. Right. Like just, just because like, oh, so-and-so's not feeling well. All right, cool. Let's load up the car. Let's go. Let's go. That's why I wrote this book. I don't know if you saw, but I, I made a book about the blessings of the pandemic. What? Yeah, I wrote it the first few days uh, of the, the pandemic because I was stuck in my house, uh, my apartment in Central Park West, and I made a new schedule for how we could live our lives. And it's really all about, you know, like, why do people think that the dream is to leave your home and go somewhere really far away when you've got your family, you know, right there? Yeah. You know, there's so many people in our generation that were like, oh, I'm getting out of here. And they like never see, they see their family once a year. Yeah. It's like, that was the dream to, to, they raise you so you could leave them. And I think that what the pandemic taught us is a lot of people moved home and they were like, oh, I actually like my family. Like if we didn't have <laughs> something like this, it, regardless of whether, you know, it was all true and correct for us to be home and all these things that came out, there was a blessing in it. There was a blessing in sitting with your family more so than you have in the past and really being there for them and for each other. Oh my gosh. Um, that, that You're talking to an example of that. Not that I left my family like, Hey, I don't want to be around them, but I was so caught up in my own world. Right. You remember, uh, or to remind, I worked private equity as a property manager where I was working six days and, you know, 10, 12 hours. And just, you know, family was just like a passing and then, uh, you know, getting let go and moving back in with the parents and, you know, all being on top of each other, as crazy as that is, I, I, I you know, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change what we got from it. And, I, and it would create an opportunity for us really to get connected again or really just, you know, be around. Like, and now I get to, like, spend all this time with, like, my sisters and my nieces and grandma. You know, we got this whole system. My mom just got hip surgery. So we do salsa lessons and, you know, walk it around. And, you know, and it's like all these things that are like, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And I'm grateful for it. You know, that song, don't it always seem to go? Yeah. yeah. Have these horrible depressions after a funeral. And I think it's because they didn't spend enough time, you know, with their family. I moved back to Florida uh, to be with my family, um, during the pandemic. Cause I, I just kept having these visions of like never being able to go home, you know, God forbid, like if there was a really big war or I felt like the pandemic in a way was like a war. Cause there were so many days where you'd have to be home and it's like, I'm going to be home and that far away from my family. Like, what if I can't get on a plane? And, you know, yeah. it was scary. And, um, we're all here in the same city and, you know, we spend Shabbat together and my dad is now having Shabbat dinner with my mom and my stepmom. And it's just, it's amazing. 
like the amount of connection and love that's happened in the last year and a half. Like I'm so grateful. So grateful. It was exactly what I needed. We we need to get this like message and theme out to the world right now. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. Clear. I'm like, this is think about all the people who are walking around on depression medication and anxiety. And even though it's hard and your family pushes your buttons, like what if you just stayed in it? Just for a minute, just that stillness of, but I care about you. We're going to work this out. Yeah. And I, there were, there's a reason why you picked your dad, right? There's a reason, reason why I picked my parents as difficult. I'm writing a memoir right now of how I grew up and it's hard. It's like actually painful for me to sit down and write it. And I'm, it's hard as disciplined instructor as I am. And, you know, I already wrote a show about my parents and uh, it was, we went on tour and everything in 2014, but it's hard it's because it's painful yeah and yet it made me who I am and when God looked at me as a you know almost a like a, a soul and I said I'll pick those two because I'm going to grow the most from those two and just like you did like I really believe that I think we choose our, our parents and they give us exactly the curriculum that we need in this lifetime to grow to the next level yeah I I, I would second that I love how you created that like I can't even imagine like my parents is just like they, they work for me, you know? And that's like something I'm proud to say today, considering like all that, you know, yeah, there's pain and anguish and there's love and there's this confusion and there's a lack of understanding and all that. And I think it's again, having that opportunity and the, and the space to just share and, and be with yet to discover like today, yeah, my parents drive me up the wall. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, up the wall. And, you know, I get to, to, to learn and discover who they are newly every moment, every day. Well, you're a wonder, Kyle. I'm so grateful I met you. Thank you for inspiring me to make a short film that won a social justice award. I still can't believe it. And I know it's because of that one line. Everybody goes, wow. I showed it to somebody last night because I, I show it all the time to people in, in the supermarket, in the mall, whatever. And they all go, oh, drop the phone, drop the phone. That's you know? <laughs> All because oh. of you, you had the courage to be vulnerable. So I give you a blessing that you take that beautiful courage and that vulnerability and you share it. You keep sharing it with people through your smile, through your speaking, through your books that you're going to write um, because the world really needs to hear it. Can I get an amen? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Okay. <laughs> it's done. It's done. <laughs> and so it is. You are absolutely amazing. Period. And here are some nuggets of wisdom from my conversation with Kyle Fuller. A great exercise that we learned at Landmark, which again is a self-improvement seminar type of place. Uh, he and I were there at the same time, but we didn't meet there. We met at a mindfulness class by a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, who was working with someone else from the Landmark community. And we both resonated on this particular exercise that we brought up in this episode. And so what you do is you pick up the phone First, you take a deep breath, but then you pick up the phone and you call someone who maybe you've had, as my grandma would say, some words with, or someone who might have hurt you or you hurt them, and you would like to repair your side of the street. So how do you do that? You pick up the phone, you say three things. Hello, I love you, you did your job. And then you wait and you make a space for them to share whatever they would like to share. But that's all you're required to say. In fact, I wouldn't go into any other conversation unless they initiate it. But when you say these words, they should come directly from your heart. Try that on for size. It sounds very simple. It is not easy all the time. But I would put out there that it can be very easy and very simple if you're open to it. We also brought up another exercise called the I am exercise. That is when you are trying to get to know somebody or it's a good thing to do at a party or a gathering. You just stand people right into groups of two and you have them look into each other's eyes and you just allow them to say I am and then they get to fill in the blank in that moment by looking in the other person's eyes. It is a very intimate relationship uh, inducing conversation and it really worked for us because we got right to the heart of the matter and the words that Kyle said were used in the music video that uh, I referenced before. You can look it up on YouTube. Again, it's called You Are Gold by Barbara Heller. We always will attract our match. So if you're seeing the vulnerability and beauty in another person, that means you definitely have it as well.
You should be able to have a conversation with anyone, anywhere, at any time. That's also another conversation we learned from Landmark. And it's such a powerful phrase that I thought we should repeat it again. Can you imagine if the code of conduct for a police officer pulling someone over to investigate them was you have the right to remain silent and I am scared. And the other person had to say, I acknowledge what you're saying and I am scared too. How would that potentially diminish some of the violence, crime, and death that comes from police officers just doing their job? Kyle says, drop the guilt and self-punishment. He says his life became so much richer and fuller and more meaningful when he was able to do that for himself. He says, breakdowns will happen, but it's not the breakdown that keeps people where they're at. It's the suffering that we make it to mean. Kyle says, you want to make the world a better place? Smile more. That's also a line in the great musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton. There are always lessons in pain, but if you just keep re-injuring yourself from that pain, that's just unnecessary suffering. Visit the sick, respect your elders, and go home sometimes and hang out with your family. Those are three things that Kyle and I both learned from the pandemic and how invigorating your life can become when you're just consistent with those three things. And finally, our parents give us exactly the curriculum we need in this lifetime to grow the most and to reach the next level. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you haven't joined our mailing list yet, please go ahead and do so. Please subscribe and please leave us a review on Spotify and iTunes. It helps us so much. And we even won an award recently for PopCon's top three spiritual and religious podcasts of 2022. So thank you so much for helping us grow. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.